Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Not Without My Sister. I'm Rosemary McCabe and I'm joined by my sister, Beatrice McCabe. And we are back on the main feed. As you now know, this is our third, our third episode in season three. We hope you're enjoying it. And please, if you have any suggestions for any topics that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. And this is one such topic because I got a message from somebody during the week asking when we're going to talk about my birth story on the podcast, which... Well, Rosemary was born 36 years ago. Which we in had... The coom. <laughs> And if you hear mom's story, which she told us while we were growing up and my own children are traumatized, I tried to tell them this story, but they didn't appreciate it at all. But we actually are quite resilient. And this mm-hmm. is how we developed these tough hides, tough, mm-hmm. broad hides, where she goes, you were born, Rosemary. And the doctor said, oh, no, Mrs. Mer- Mrs. McCabe, this is a very, very, very ugly child. And I'm going to bring the baby around the hospital and see if anybody will take her. But when she and I laid in my bed and tried to have a nap and then the doctor came back and said, sorry, Mrs. McCabe, nobody would take the baby. So that's how I ended up with you. Did she say that to you as well or was that just me? Just you. Jesus. She said it to both of us, of course. And then she said it to all my kids and then none of them think it's remotely entertaining because they're much more sensitive than we are. I say the other day to Finn like something along those lines and I was like where do I get this shit and Brandon was like your parents I was like oh yeah fair enough anyway 11 weeks ago today on the release day of this episode I gave birth to my son Atiwas oh my god start start talking in a normal tone well I will in a second but I'm just doing like the dramatic build up I gave birth to my son Atiwas in a Fort Wayne hospital and you were there tell me how was it for you well, it was grand, except that was the day I was planning to get my hair cut after like a six month, <laughs> a six month break from, you know, getting my hair cut due to pandemic oh, yeah. circumstances. So 
I literally, and this one, when you reschedule, which I'd had to do twice, she pushes you out by about three months. Yeah. And I had the absolute worst hair in the world, almost as bad as it looks today. It was really bad. And so I was really looking forward to this hairdresser. And you had assured me that you wouldn't be going into hospital any sooner than Friday. And I was like, that's grand. Because I was hoping not to. So just for like a bit of background, my due date was the Sunday, right? I ended up going into hospital on the Monday, but I had an appointment with my OB on the Monday afternoon. And she had, so I'd gone in the previous week, my blood pressure had been elevated and she'd said, come in next week, we'll see how you are, we'll see if you're dilated, we'll see if anything's moving and we'll go from there. And she'd kind of said, if nothing's coming along, we'll probably move to induce next week. But I had it in my head that I'd go in on Monday, we'd probably induce towards the weekend. I thought that'd be nice and sensible. We'd induce on a Thursday or Friday. I was also obsessed with, because Brandon was only getting like, what was it, three days off work or five days off work or something? And I was five like, total. In the yeah, five year. in total. Yeah. And I wanted him, I wanted to give birth and be in the hospital over the weekend so that at least those two days wouldn't be taken out of his sleave. You know so I mean? nice. No, just because I wanted him to have more time to support me, basically. So it wasn't nice about him. So when I went to the doctor on Monday, my blood pressure was even higher. I wasn't dilated at all. Nothing was moving. And she was like, okay, well, well like, let's do the induction. I was like, okay, great. When? You said, okay, great. You should have said, sorry. My sister has a very strict schedule. This is not going to be feasible for her. So anyway, yeah. So she said when she used to, you said when she said right now, baby. I said when she said come in at 8 p.m. tonight. And I was like, that's not really what I meant. I thought like I meant when this weekend. But then I was like, oh, if she wants like if she thinks we should do it today, then I'm going to you know what I mean? I'm going to go with what she this wants. This was the beginning of your birth plan falling apart. God, when I look back on it now, Beatrice, all the things I had, I want to be. Okay, so on my birth plan, I actually should find it and read it out, but I can't. Well, I'd like to just, I'd like to go back and give the context of you said, I'm, I'm, what should I do about this, blah, blah, blah. I'm writing a birth plan for the doctor. And I said, (laughs) why are you writing this down? And you said, because she wants me to write it down and give it to her. And I said, but like, what happens if, you know, things don't happen? You were like, that's okay, that's fine. But I want to write them down because these are the way I want things to happen. My preferences. At the very top of the birth plan, I'd said, whatever recommendations are made to me by the medical professionals, they can override all of my preferences. That I was like, these are all just like wish list, everything going perfectly. Nothing needs to be done. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no recommendations from the doctor. This is what I want. But also lol. Because what I wanted was like, I would like to remain active for as much of my labor as possible. I'm sure you saw me. As soon as I got to the hospital, I was like, I'm not getting out of this bed. You <laughs> didn't like want, watching you weren't TV. having an epidural. I would have, well, what I said was, Everything progressing naturally. And and if I don't have to be induced, I'd rather see if I can do it without the epidural. You requested cantaloupe flavoured ice chips. I didn't, shut up. I did not request. <laughs> I also did not want anyone to refer to me as mom. Of course they did. Everybody. I know. Every I said, well, like, I said they're 100% going to. And you were like, well, I don't want them to. And I was like, they're absolutely going yeah, to. I, and like, when I they, just want them to use my name. And, and later then, on that evening, when we were all in the room and you were like, the nurse comes, she goes, has mom feeling? And you were like, Mom's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then like within two minutes I was calling down going, Mama wants a cup of coffee. No, I wasn't. Oh, were you? Well, so nice. No, so I like... came up in the car. What happened? I went, oh, I nearly got killed pulling into Starbucks. That was number one. So I, I think, didn't... well, no, I went in on the Monday night, right, mm-hmm. to start the induction. Yeah. So they did this thing where they gave me um, Cytotec, which is the thing to like soften the neck of your cervix. Oh, yeah. TMI. Gross. So after dinner, Beatrice, this is going to be a bit of a TMI story. So you like, oh. so anyway, after dinner, made sure to get my dinner in, got my Cytotec and then tried to go to sleep. Did not sleep a wink oh, that did, night. Oh yeah, you didn't. When I came in the next day, you were looking a little bit. Um, oh my God, I didn't sleep at all. Brandon slept on the couch beside me and I was getting raging with him. Every time he took a little deep 
calm breath. I was like, fuck's sake. I was there reading my book. The same book I'm reading now that I still haven't managed to finish. Fucking Dune. What? I don't have a clue what's I'll borrow from you. I read a lot of books when I had new babies. Of course you did. Yeah. Anyway, I've just been watching a lot of Outlander. So, I did watch a lot of TV. I watched a lot of, what's it called? That one about, what's that one where they all have, oh, intervention. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I've never the, seen The that. one about, they're all druggies. Like, it's very depressing. And it's basically like, at the end of the 18 month intervention, Susan is still hooked on heroin. And there's oh, lots of like, that is depressing. Susan unfortunately passed away and her two children are now living with her mother. Like, and I'd be in floods of tears every of course single. Of you would. It was always the middle of the night. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I was just releasing angst. Go on. Anyway. So I was in there, they gave me the side tech. It oh, had, sorry, what, what were you wearing? I was wearing the hospital robe, Beatrice, and I changed into my own hospital gown later on that week, which we'll get to. Oh, okay. The one that I bought oh. especially for like $60 okay. and really think was a good purchase. I'm glad I got it. Got a lot of wear out of that. Are for, you? No, Beatrice. Oh. Anyway. When do we get to the part where I join? In a minute. Okay. I'm getting, I'm trying to tell the story of the part okay. before you got there, which is actually very short and brief. Okay. If you'd let me, t- okay. if you'd let me tell it. So, because I want to tell the story of my actual birth, not just the bits where you were there, for the, the comedy bits. What? No, but I mean... Take that back I right want to tell now. the story about all the drugs and everything and what my cervix was doing. Yeah, it, it's what I was I there for nothing. most of that. No, because they gave me the side tech the night before. My cervix started to, to... No, my cervix didn't start to dilate, but I started having contractions mm-hmm. that were not very strong, but really frequent and very close together. Basically, basically, my body started doing something mad where they were like, we don't want you to be having contractions yet because you're not remotely dilated. So they stopped. They were meant to give me the side tech every four hours or something. They only gave me one and didn't give me any more because they were like something weird is going on. But didn't you also, didn't they also give you, because weren't you there to, weren't you having some antibiotic or something at the so same time? So I was time? also going to say, I had to keep, so anyway, once I got the drip, they had to start giving me penicillin because I had strep, you know, like they test for this thing before and it can be passed to the baby during birth if you give birth vaginally. If you have a C-section, which, spoiler alert, I did go on to have, it's not an issue, but obviously I didn't know that at the time, so I was getting pumped full of pe- penicillin, which really stung going into the drip. Like, it was very uncomfortable. So I was getting the penicillin every four hours. They stopped at the side check. I still didn't sleep. And then you came the next morning with the almond croissant. Very welcome. I nearly, having nearly run myself off the road, because I I didn't see the um, the exit for Star, Star Wars. It's not even for Starbucks. So I... I had to, so I basically came up to the hospital. Oh, went to the wrong hospital first. Of oh, all. yeah. That was the first. But on the right side move. of town, thank God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like it was nearby. The other side, it nightmare. was nearby, but I was like, how, where am I going? And then when I called Brandon, I have to tell you, no offense to him, but he was less than helpful. What are you looking at? I'm like, where am I supposed to be? What color is the door? I'm like, what? And then eventually he's like, that's not the name of the hospital. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So finally, get over to the right hospital. Oh, buy a Starbucks. And you know the way I'm always complaining about the exits here where they overlap with the with the on-ramps? Yeah. I actually don't think that was the issue. I think I just didn't see Starbucks. And then I pulled into the exit, nearly crashed right into another car, zoomed into Starbucks, waving aggressively at that car that had done nothing Were wrong. Were you? What? No, of oh. course not. I no. was like, I was shaking with fear. Listen, I've seen your child give somebody in a car the middle finger, so I would be surprised if you were waving aggressively Excuse at Excuse me, they get that from Don, which is a disgrace. Don't, don't repeat that. Then I get into, I get, oh yeah, this was the favorite, my favorite part of the whole day was when I went up to the window. Actually, do you remember I was telling you that Starbucks annoyed, the Starbucks employees annoy me because they all give you a compliment. Oh yeah, but I that hadn't, I hadn't, hadn't even noticed that. I was just like, the Starbucks employees are so nice. They always notice how great I look. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went up, this one was incredibly annoying to me. I went up and I was like, I'll have two coffees and a croissant, please. Do you speak French? I loved your pronunciation. Do you remember this? I love no. your, you don't remember this? No. I love your pronunciation. Brandon nearly fell around the place laughing. I was like, I was like, well, actually, and I'm like, why? I'm not giving this person my back history of like 
I was like, oh, thanks very much. No. And they're like, oh, I loved how you pronounced it. It was so French. Say it again. I was like, do they say say it again? Yes. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, like, give me my fucking croissant right now. Tout sweet. So anyway, got up, got the croissants, drove over to you. At this point now, I was exhausted and I hadn't even, I had only just barely gotten there. Got in. Brandon was looking as comfy as Larry and you were looking a tiny bit alarmed on the bed, but also... <laughs> Also delighted. You were not doing the heavy calisthenics that I had anticipated of you. I thought you were going to be going around the room like... Trolling up and down. Yeah, I thought you were going to be doing like those leg squats around the room to encourage the You know what it also was though? Because they had me on the drip on the penicillin. It was very, it was more difficult. I would have been running up and down that corridor. Uh, I think you remember telling me this, that like you were going to be attached to a lot of things and you were like, yeah, not enough things that's going to stop me doing some Pilates and my reformer. Anyway, and the, shut up, and the (laughs) straps on my belly and stuff. Anyway, everything was, so everything was fine with the baby, which was obviously very comforting because every time they come in, they're like, baby's looking great. He's delighted. Which is actually indicative of baby now. Yeah. Yeah. Delighted with Baby's looking great even when you're not. Baby's yeah. delighted with himself even when you're yeah. not. Yeah, baby's happy as Larry. I'm just like not, nothing is happening as it should. Yeah. So nothing was dilating. They did this thing called, that they called a Cook's catheter. Were you there for that when they put the balloons inside? Was I there for that? I took, the, oh no, I wasn't there for that. That was before I arrived. Oh yeah. So, so they put these, so it's basically two balloons. One goes inside your cervix and one goes at the entrance of your cervix inside your vagina basically and they fill them full of liquid water I presume and then they twist them into a shape that they look like a dog (laughs) for a second I was like do they? what? (laughs) and basically they inflate the inner balloon to a a diameter of five centimetres and when it pops out of your cervix you know your cervix is dilated to five centimetres that's the point of that sounds incredibly uncomfortable they put that in very uncomfortable and also very cold Oh, felt kind of, I mean, obviously it warmed up. I warmed it up, but like felt very cold initially. Nice. And I got the actual catheter in, which I really liked. Would happily be catheterized for the rest of I my life. I remember that because you were complaining about the catheter and then you were wondering, was it actually working? And there was a huge bag <laughs> of wee on the side of the bed. And I took a picture and you, I put a, I took a picture of the catheter being inserted. I know you did, yeah. Because you said, I want a picture of everything. And then when I was trying to take the picture, you were like, stop taking this picture. <laughs> what I actually said was, I wanted you to take a photograph of me with my legs spread before giving birth so we could see my vulva before and after birth. Yeah. So we could compare. However, I'd forgotten that A, I hadn't got a wax in about nine months. So it just was like a little forest. You couldn't see any detail. And B, that like things might not be that straightforward. I was, I was also worried about like, you know, how soon do I get to delete this photo? Because what if my children <laughs> chance upon it? And then, I mean, they it's, wouldn't know what it was. It's all natural, but like, you just you know, be like, that's from Enchanted Forest. No, no. <laughs> so no, I took a picture of, I took a picture of the catheter bag, whatever. Yeah, and showed it to me and I was so shocked. Oh, I had such a laugh. See it. I had such a laugh about that. That, that, I know. Brandon was laughing. I was laughing. Cause, because, because I was, I had, I had this drip and I was drinking loads of water because even though I was being hydrated, I felt really dehydrated and then I was like, God, it's weird that I just don't feel like I need to pee at all and then didn't realise all the pee was going into this bag. God, it was great. I'd love one of those full time. Be a pain to have to carry it around, but you know that's what I mean? What, that's literally when you, you have given the example of your friend who goes to festivals, who went to festivals and had a catheter, insert, self-inserted catheter to get through festivals. And all the time, up until this, you had been like, you know, I don't know how she does it. Then you were like, I need to Genius. also do this. It's amazing. Genius. Yeah. Just sorry to clarify, not my friend, a friend of a friend. I don't want oh. any of my friends to get accused of doing this. Just in case they'd be upset. So anyway, this was all happening. We just said they'd be geniuses. Yeah, but they might not want people to know that had, had their geniuses. Yeah, okay. Fair. Anyway, fair. so this was all happening. Eventually I got to five centimetres. They took out the cook's catheter. 
they, I think at that point my waters broke. I was trying to read my book, but you just kept making me talk to you. So it was really boring. You and Brandon were chatting away. I know, I was time. chatting to keep you up because you looked really stressed and hassled. And I was trying oh, to keep the, trying to keep the morale up, even though I brought my book and my computer and had some work to do. Oh, I know you're welcome. God, you're really making this all about you. No, I mean, no. <laughs> then I think they started giving me Pitocin. Oh, they started giving me Pitocin after the croissant, wasn't that it? Because I was like, can I eat my croissant? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah, very yeah. concerned. Yeah, they were not looking very, oh, and they were like, are you drinking this coffee? And you were like, oh, no, I guess not anymore. You had luckily had drunk half before they yeah. told you not to drink anymore. Took it away from me and then I was yeah. on water only. I drank the rest that I put in the microwave and drank the rest oh, of it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, where was the I microwave? No, wait, in the hall. I kept getting chucked out as well, so I had to keep going downstairs to, to oh, the gift shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was chucked so, out when you got the epidural. Oh, were you? Yeah, do you remember? No, I, was I have no recollection. I have no I was asked to leave. Brandon was, Brandon was still there. I, I thought you were there. So... I got the Pitocin right after my croissant and then a couple of hours after that when the contractions started getting more and more intense because I started having contractions they started getting more intense when they got to about when I was like it's about a 7 out of 10 pain wise although in hindsight I'm like probably was about a 2 I'm I just know, really tired probably about a 4 you just didn't know how painful it could get Yeah I know I don't think Brandon was kicked out for the epidural because No 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 he wasn't because yeah, I was staring when right I at him When I got it done I, Don was always asked to leave It was, oh, was only he? me and the medical professionals Oh yeah. god so I got the epidural and I remember she said to me you're going to feel a, a bit of pressure and I honestly just, I thought she meant like if somebody was pressing their thumb into your mm-hmm. back or something. Mm-hmm. It was, not to scaremonger, one of the most painful things. Obviously, I haven't had a vaginal birth, so I don't know how much more painful things would have got. It was one of the most painful things I've ever, possibly the most painful thing I've ever experienced. Was it the most painful or is it also just that it is a horrendously weird sensation? Oh, Do you know what I mean? It's so weird. Yeah. I also found it, you know, I just, I don't know, I found it. Like it's short-lived discomfort, if you know what I mean, also. But it's just, the sensation is just... So alien oh. to anything you've ever felt before. Yeah, and just awful. And basically, as she was putting it in, I screamed. And the poor anaesthetist went, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And she went, do you feel pain? And I was like, just a lot of pressure. Because <laughs> she told me, like, you might feel a lot of pressure. I was like, I did feel a lot of pressure. And then I started crying. Oh. But I was trying to stay really, really still. So there were just tears, like, falling down my face, basically, as I was like, this is awful. And then it was over. Yeah, like like the pain. And then after that, I think things got a bit more more smooth for me because I started falling asleep. You did. You slept for a while. Yeah, because yeah, I got a lot more relaxed and I wasn't obviously feeling the contractions anymore. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know what? One of my main things, one of my main fears about getting the epidural was I really hated the idea that my legs would be numb. I was really worried that I'd need to do a poo and wouldn't be able to go to the toilet. Right. Mm-hmm. And that I wouldn't be able to walk. You know what I mean? But I could still feel my toes and there was something really comforting about that. Even though like I couldn't have got up and walked. But I... Like I wasn't numb from the waist down, which is what I thought I would be, which is what I was later than when I obviously had the C-section. But so then I started kind of drifting in and out of sleep. But basically at 12 p.m. that day, I think I was at seven centimetres dilated. And at 8 p.m. I was still at seven centimetres dilated. So how are you feeling at this point about your birth plan? (laughs) Well, everything had gone out the window. I mean, yeah, like I I was feeling I wasn't actually even thinking about my birth plan. Like. In that sense, I was I was feeling like, God, this is taking ages. And you know what? It wasn't like I've since been like reading about and looking at people on Instagram who are like, oh, I was in labor for 60 hours. I was in the hospital for three days. And then I had a C-section, C-section or, or like then we started, we introduced Pitocin or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus, I was there. Yeah, but I think you had been now 24 hours with a lot of drugs and stuff being pumped into you and you were very yes. exhausted. And the penicillin, very, very I was really tired. tired and my blood pressure was still... High. Oh yeah, your blood pressure was high. So how would yeah. you say you and were I was feeling really about your birth plan? I'd just like to go back to my question. About my, like about my birth plan as in was I like, oh no, we can't do the things I wanted to do. Is yeah. that what you mean? Like how are you feeling about it? 
Or were you feeling like, oh, you know what, it's it's okay because it really was just more of a directional plan? Or were you feeling, oh, no, no, were you feeling was... like, because I might have a snippet that I'd like to play. Of some, oh, of, go on. You know how maybe you might have been feeling at that go moment on. about your what birth is this? plan. Go on. Okay. And I'm extremely offended by that. And so anyway, say it again. You were right about everything. Go on. I was right about everything. Say it. I never said that. Like, where were we from when I said that? He was downstairs getting all the muffins. Come on. Admit it. Ah, go on, please. Be so nice. I'll play it as an intro on the podcast, repeatedly. (laughs) What I said was, this epidural is amazing. I feel great in a way anybody would not get an epidural. You all about my birth plan and you were right all along. About everything you then added. No, I said you were right about everything. Yeah. Yes. I have such <laughs> little recollection of that. Like I was aware that you had recorded because I think you played that for me before. I, totally I did, forgot about it, but I, t- I don't remember. I don't but remember. Do you that. hear how? Do you hear how? how, how sluggish, I no, how sluggish your voice sounds. I said, you took advantage of me. I did. A hundred percent, I did. You literally said, "Beatrice, you were right about everything," and I was like, "How did I not get that on tape?" And wasn't one of the nurses telling us about her like now grown up kids? And I said something like, "What age are your babies?" Yes. <laughs> Yes, bless your dad. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. But you know what, like I I wasn't feeling stressed like, oh my God, nothing is going the way I wanted it to go. I was feeling more like, 
I felt very comfortable. I felt like everybody knew what they were doing and I didn't. And I think because they kept telling me like baby's doing great. Like everything's like, like there was no panic at any stage then really. It didn't feel mm-hmm. panicked until, I mean, so when at 8 p.m. my, I dilated to seven centimeters and the doctor was like, it doesn't look like things aren't moving along. She was like, we can wait another 12 hours and you might have dilated another centimeter, but you might not have. And you'll just be another tw- like 12 hours more tired, 12, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, w- like, what would you recommend if, you know, I'll do whatever you recommend. She said, I would like to do a C-section and, you know, you can meet your baby. You can meet your baby. And I said, OK. And literally from that minute, that was when things got, I felt like things got panicked then because everything just moved really quickly. So I then got whisked off into the... Well, no, you didn't. Did I not? No, you started crying. Oh. First of all, you started crying because you were just saying this isn't really what I had imagined. It wasn't. No, and I gave went over gave you a hug and you were like, don't touch me. I was like, okay. Was and I? Like, yeah, and I continued oh. to give you a hug and then you were like, thanks. <laughs> and then Brandon went over to hug you and then all the nurses came in and out and took all your various vitals and... and Oh... Don't get upset. It's all right. Took all your various vitals and changed your blankets and changed you out of your fancy gown into a regular. I didn't think I was in my fancy gown at that point, was I? Into a regular hospital gown. Yeah, because I had to go over and help you get out of it. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Into a regular hospital gown because you were actually being operated on versus just giving birth. Mm -hmm. Oh, poor Rosemary. Um, And then Brandon was, where was Brandon sent off to? So no, he was sent off to get like to scrub up or whatever to get into his. Yes, he was sent off to scrub, scrub up. And, and then you were saying, and then poor you were saying to me, oh, no, Beatrice, I don't think you can come into this. And I was like, that's OK. That's OK. And you were all upset about me. I was like, you just worry. Like, not you can worry about yourself, but like, you don't need to be worrying about me now in the midst of all of this. Even though I was like, Damn, I'm never going to get to cut this cord because <laughs> they were basically like, well, you you just need to we'll move you to a different room to wait for her. And pack up all those bags and Brandon was literally like pack up everything will you I was like I'm going to murder him <laughs> but obviously he was worried too but he was being very nice and supportive and calm he was very good actually and very calm and then they wheeled you out on the trolley they there were at that point there were about seven nurses so yes it did it did amp up in terms of efficiency and kind yeah, of all you know a job to be done yeah. yeah and they all disappeared off the and they said we'll be back she'll be done and she'll be out in about 20 minutes and she'll be in the recovery room and after about an hour you'll be able to come in and we'll come back and get you and I was like when they stayed they were like we'll we'll be back in five minutes to send you down to the, whatever other room they wanted me yeah, in because yeah. they wanted this room back yeah so about an hour passed from my perspective and nobody came to whisk me off anywhere which was fine right like yeah. I mean obviously they were like she can stay in there with the bags nobody cares about her she's not the one giving birth that was fine but I was getting anxious, like, where were you? Because yeah, they said yeah. you were going to be done in 20 minutes. Meanwhile, on the other side of the curtain. <laughs> the other side of the hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got wheeled in on my hospital bed. And then I remember, like, actually, one of the the first moments that I felt really anxious was when they were trying to hoof me off the bed onto the other, the operating table. Because I was like, I'm too heavy. They won't be able to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. So I think they got, like, sheets under me and then basically, like, you know, hammocked me off to the... yeah. To the next one. So the anaesthetist was there and she had to obviously amp up the epidural or whatever it was. I don't know what they do then. They just, they amp it up or they give you something else or something. But anyway, I was basically numb from the ribs down. But I started to have, and I know you said this happened to you as well, but I started to have a reaction to the epidural or to the anaesthetic and I started to shake really badly. So, I mean, obviously I couldn't, probably my body below the ribs wasn't shaking. I don't know. 
Was it shaking? Was it my whole body shaking? Probably not. No, I think it was more your teeth were chattering. My teeth and my neck. And I started to get really, my neck and my jaw started to get really tense. And I started to get a really bad pain at the back of my head. And I kept feeling, I kept kind of opening my jaw like, I'm sure it was horrifying. So I just kept going, trying to stretch out my jaw. And so you have your hands out. I also felt really weird. Like my hands completely spread out on two little tables beside me. I felt like Jesus. Like honestly, like I've. I was having a having a religious moment of horror and the anaesthetist was there and I remember asking, oh yeah, my mouth got really, really dry as well. And I was like, can I have an ice chip? Because cause I had heard someone saying all they'll let you have is ice chips. Or something. And she was like, no. And I was like, what? And my mouth was literally felt like it was full of cotton wool. But I was there, like I started shaking really badly and so they start operating and she's like, you know, can you feel this? I'm like, no, I can feel nothing. Just feel tugging. And to me, it felt like it took about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It felt so quick, mm-hmm. but also horrifying. Like my neck and my jaw were so sore. I was, I think, crying and had my head off to the side and was like kept opening and closing my mouth. And they had the curtain up, you know, so you can't see anything. But part of me, probably the part of me that likes blackhead squeezing videos was like, wouldn't mind that curtain down now. Where was Brandon? Right beside me. And when was and it he that... he couldn't see anything either. And when was it that, because you told me at the time, and I don't know if you remember this, that the doctor was like, baby won't come out. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. She said, baby's very stubborn or something. And then there was more tugging. And I was like, this is gr- very uncomfortable. And then I started to like kind of feel like we should have left him in there. He's obviously happy. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I started to think about what it was like, the experience for him. You know what I mean? Of being all cozy. And then all of a sudden these hands and these bright lights and everything comes in at his little home and he's pulled out. So I have the curtain up and everything. And then she goes, oh, you know, here's baby. And then there was silence. And I think like movies as well had made me think as soon as the baby comes out, he will scream immediately. And and there was no noise. And I was like, what, like, you know, like, what's going on? Why isn't he crying? And she goes, oh, here's your lovely baby. And I think he was just a bit dazed. And she goes, I'm going to show you, show your baby. And so I have the, the curtain up so I can't see myself. She holds this thing up over the curtain. And he was like completely white, completely, or completely gray, covered in white stuff. Horrifying. And I was just like, I mean, I was already in shock, but I was like, I remember my eyes widening and being like, what? I was like, here's your gorgeous baby. I was like, oh. And also my birth plan, I had like, my birth plan, I had that I didn't want my baby to be washed. And I was like, because I want the vernix left on his skin because it is meant to be very good for him. But when they showed me that baby, I was like, clean him up. (laughs) Make him cute before you give him to me. So they took him off then to like, uh, you know, to clear out. I think because when the baby's born with C-section, they don't, they don't get squeezed in the in the birth canal so they can often have more phlegm in their lungs and stuff so they go out and they, they clear him out and stuff and like I think they weighed him and they wiped him down and stuff and then they gave him back and then he was cute oh but then they gave and him then to then he was cute then they wheeled him to the recovery room with me but I was still shaking really really violently so when I went oh they started stitching me up that was also gross like the the, oh. the stitching was gross like the whole thing I feel like I wouldn't have minded if as soon as the baby was out, they were like, all done. And then like magically you're closed up again. But the reversal of the like stitching the layers and stuff and you can kind of feel like that was not nice. Sorry. So then they wheeled me back to the room where you were. And I remember I was still shaking and I was so thirsty. Like my mouth was so dry. And I remember the only way that I seemed to be able to stop the shaking was by taking, but by sucking water through a straw. So I kept going, more water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was holding that cup. I know, you were very nice. No, I mean, I more meant like, that's the only useful thing because I was definitely in the way at that point. We, there was not a lot of room in the corner with the baby and Brandon. I was like, very conscious of like, this, having not gone to plan, I'm not the most useful addition to this. Yeah, era. but I was really glad you were there. So like, from the point of view of who cares what anyone else thinks really at that point do you know what I mean I was glad Aww. you were there um, and your gorgeous baby was lying beside you I know he's so, 
Yeah, he was very calm, wasn't mm-hmm. he? He was very quiet. I was still shaking. And I remember at one point, either you or Brandon were like, do you want to hold the baby? Or someone said, do you want to hold the baby? And I was like, no. Because I was shaking so much, I was afraid that I was going to like hoof him across the room. Do you know what I mean? I think but you were like, also really stunned at that oh point. Oh my God, you yeah. Were, you yeah, were definitely, I was really shocked. You were not like... I was not calm. fully. No, you were not fully yourself still at that point. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You were looking very sort of disoriented is probably the best yeah. term for it. Yeah. And then it was probably about... So that was probably... Oh, so he was born at 10, 17, right? So I came out probably at about 11, 11.30. Mm-hmm. About 11.30, yeah. And you looked very, you also looked really upset. Like it was not definitely, like you were upset, you know? Yeah, I mean? this was, was yeah. This was like you were, and you were getting kind of hassled. It was just, it was not, because I think that's the part, honestly, that it reminded me of. Like I always think that after you give birth to your point, you want, you kind of, you expect the baby on your chest breastfeeding, but you also expect to be done and get a break. You know what I mean? You expect yeah. somebody to kind of say, okay, great job. Now, the baby's sort of miraculously going to be on your chest, skin to skin, but you're like, but I'm also going to simultaneously take you into the other room and give you a rest. Yeah. You know, it's like you kind of don't realize that you've done this really full on thing and then there's there's no break then. Now you've yeah. got this full on baby to be full on with for the next. And I always found that like, especially, you know, with babies number one and two, I found that to be probably the most shocking thing because you're used to like once you achieve you know, once you achieve the fact, like of the event that you're doing, normally it's like you ran the marathon, have a sit the down. End. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you completed your leaving cert, sit down. Yeah. You know, here it's like you did this. Now do some more. Yeah, yeah. Now do this. Yeah. And actually to that point, I remember when I finally did hold him, I think one of the nurses was like, do, you know, do you want to try breastfeeding him? And I was like, yeah. And I was still in the recovery room at that point, not in the kind of postpartum and like, I was like, I barely remember. I feel like I was just kind of trying to shove him towards my boob, going like, there it is. And then somebody, I think one of the nurses said, or, oh no, Brandon said, could we get a lactation consultant in here? And I think the two of us were like, geez, Brandon, would you give it a break? <laughs> well, <laughs> would you take a moment? I was like, um, well, I'm not sure, Rosemary, is that what you want? And you went, absolutely not. But at that point, the nurse less. had already asked for it. Yeah. yeah I know. And you gave Brandon, for the first time, you gave Brandon the look of death <laughs> in all of that because he had actually been very nice and supportive. But that's where you kind of go, I know that that's the next step. But like, I also like, I, do, I think you're forgetting that I'm a person in all of this too, yeah, you know? Yeah. And you're also like, I like, I literally have been, just been stitched up and I've learned basically just coming to mm-hmm. from this thing. Like, and I, and I also don't, I remember nothing. Like I, I know she was there, but I remember nothing about it. Well, what I think said, that's what the she thing. Did, nothing. I, well, I was gone at that point because I left when she was on her way. And I think that's the part that's kind of interesting is that I think because you're awake in inverted commas, people think you're awake. Whereas oh, like yeah, you're I only know. almost awake in body, if you know what yeah, I mean. You're, yeah. you're really so out of it. You're on so many drugs. Yeah. And you've been through so much in that like space of time. Yeah. That, yeah, it's a blur. Yeah. And like to me, it felt like from the moment she said, okay, we're going to do the C-section to the moment I got back to the room, it felt like it was about half an hour. Mm -hmm. Like at the time, it was only afterwards that I was like, okay, I went at this time when he was born at this time when we got back at this time. But it felt so quick and kind of horrifying in its speed, if you know what I mean. And like, I was really upset because I think, I mean, for loads of reasons, I'd been cut open, right? So that's like jarring. (laughs) But also I felt like, I had wanted to have this experience of giving birth in the way that I've seen it, in the way that I imagined it. And it was just not that at all. And I also felt like like I hadn't given birth, like the baby had just been taken out mm-hmm. rather than 
come out naturally or, you know, like it didn't feel like there was anything natural about it. I didn't feel like there was anything like, I think afterwards one of the nurses was like, like, great job, mama. And I was like, I didn't do anything. Like, I don't, I felt like I didn't even deserve to be called a mom because I hadn't, I had him properly, quote unquote, you know what I mean? And Like, I found that really hard for the first, I mean, obviously up until now, like still, I find that really hard to think about and to, and like, I was kind of joking to my doctor because I, I went back to see her for my checkup like way later, obviously six weeks later. And I was like, at least now, if ever I have another baby, I'll just schedule the C-section because like, I don't think I would like to put myself through like all of that, like potential, like induction and vaginal delivery and all that stuff again. Like basically, obviously, if I'd known I was going to have a C-section, I would never have gone through any of the rest of it. I would have been just like, let's just schedule it. So now I feel like I wouldn't risk it the next time. So I find it really hard to come to terms with the fact that like, obviously, through my own decisions as well, I'm never going to have that experience. But I mean, not, you know, I understand that's how you feel. But on the other hand, like. I gave birth. Vaginally word I never wanted to have to say out loud but but I mean I like you could also argue my body did it do you know what I mean did I do something special to no and actually was I delighted with myself no because it was agony afterwards to recover from it so what I'm warming is like I don't think it's about the act of the delivery it's also the fact that you brought you know what I mean you took care of this baby and you brought this baby to term you ate enough McDonald's. McDonald's to get this baby here. No, but you know what I mean? And I, I and I, I want to be sensitive as well to the fact that like also that's out outside of our control in yeah. a way, you know, like you can have a great pregnancy, you can have a not great pregnancy, you can have a, you know, unfortunate pregnancy. Yeah, like you could do everything right and yes. get a terrible Yeah, there is no and right everything and wrong. wrong and get a great result. Yeah, like, so what I'm saying is like you're a mom because you have a baby and sometimes you're a mom even if you don't have a baby. And I don't think it's a question of like earning the right to have that. I mean, you did a great job because you're here and your baby's here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're a nice mom, which is probably the more important part. But I also totally get, I think it's the loss of, of like the semblance of control that you're sort of brought up to think like, or, or you're led to believe, or maybe you're not, or maybe we're not led to believe, but we believe regardless that there is, we have some kind of ownership or control or responsibility to this act of giving birth when in fact it's entirely outside of your control yeah. to the point that you so smartly wrote at the top of your page I will defer to the medical professionals to like you know to make this happen yeah because we really don't have any control like my four pregnancies were entirely different all of them how they all you know how they happened how they how I felt about them and but like I don't think I ever felt like a massive success in any of them you know there were different things that it's like it's a very um it's a difficult and very emotional thing that like we're it's kind of upsetting that we're not just made to feel successful by virtue of like having survived it basically because it is a lot to survive and a lot to go through and the fact that you went through all of that and the next day it's like it's almost like put that behind you now and focus on this guy you know and it's a lot it's a lot to process yeah and actually I mean aside from all that like aside from the actual surgery the most horrifying moment of the entire hospital visit was the next day when they were like now we want you to get up and go to the bathroom well I was more horrified by the number of guests you had Oh, yeah. There you had a lot, lot of guests. A lot of visitors. Yeah, with a lot of visitors. But I mean, I was like, I was really shocked by that as well because I remember Brandon saying, oh, this person wants to visit and this person wants to visit. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, they can visit when I get home. And he was like, no, no, they want to come and see us in the hospital. I was like, what do you mean? Well, I was like, I just want to be on my own in the hospital. And actually, it was probably good because it did like break up kind of because the days, you know, like I was in the hospital for five days in total, I think, mm-hmm. and the days were quite long. And it did break them up. But I do remember being like, but also see, like in Ireland, 
because no one I know has ever stayed in hospital that long after giving birth. And because, well, actually the only, so a friend of mine gave birth during the pandemic and had a C-section, but obviously nobody could visit. So I just don't know anybody in yeah. Ireland who's been like, loads of people came to visit. Whereas with me, loads of people came to visit. Mom. Loads of people came to visit mom, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we got balloons and gifts. It was actually really nice. And some people brought food, which was very much appreciated as well, obviously. Oh, that's nice. My number one obsession. Anyway, that's that's the birth story. And maybe next week or or in a few weeks time, whenever covered from telling this story, we can tell the post-birth story. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And maybe maybe I can get a word in edgeways. No, only joking. It's not about me. It's about you. It's about you. You got a lot of words in edgeways. I know I did, probably too you many. You got to play your recording. I know, I was delighted, delighted with, with that. <laughs> I was delighted with that. <laughs> I was more just delighted that I got to make it. We had a very fun time up until, up until the fact, up until the actual, well, we all sat in the room chatting. We had a very yeah, fun yeah, we time. Did a we very had a nice good time. laugh. Yeah. I can't remember anything we talked about. Neither felt... can I, but I just remember there was a lot of laughing. And I remember every time I woke up, the two of you were laughing and I was raging. <laughs> it's like, what are they laughing about? <laughs> but that was fun. Yeah. And you have a gorgeous baby. I have a gorgeous baby. Yeah. And even if he wasn't gorgeous, it'd still be good. He's just gorgeous by virtue of being a baby. Do you know what I mean? If he was, even if he was an ugly baby, which he's not. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us during my maternity leave. It was very much appreciated. Yes. And very much needed. And very much deserved. Oh, By thanks. you. Thanks for supporting me through Rosemary's maternity leave. <laughs> yes. No, seriously, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, well done, Rosemary. Thanks. And we'll be back next week. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity, sound and original music by Don Kirkland, and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.